Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. I don't know if it sounded anything different for you this morning, but uh, there is new uh, speakers hanging up here because of your generosity, and so hopefully the people in the back row could hear the same as the people in the front row, which uh, I think you were. I was a little bit, I went back and told our sound guys, like, I'm a little, I'm a little bummed though, because the speakers were on the ground before, some of them. And I had this like front row blaring seat and some people were like, that's too harsh, but I got like used to just like being lost. I can't hear anybody else sing, which is good for me so nobody else could hear me sing. Um, but, but now they are all up here and uh, there should be even sound for everybody. And uh, now we can check that one off our list of saying, uh, we, we had this, are those other speakers going to last us and, and to replace them would be very significant. But you, you gave towards it. The project's done, so thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys, for allowing us to do that. But again, you know, these are just tools. A building is a tool. Sound systems are a tool. We should never lose sight why we exist as a church. It's to, to honor and glorify Jesus, to worship him like we did this morning, but it is also to continue to allow other people to find Jesus. We found him, we found the hope, we heard that testimony of how this life transformation takes place when we get to experience Jesus. But if we get found and then all of a sudden we get comfortable in a building and nice sound, then we actually lose the mission that we're on, which is to go into all the world and to preach the gospel and to allow people to experience Christ. So let's never lose focus of that. Well, we are on this series, The Faces of Grace. The first week we talked about uh, living grace. Second week, week was receiving grace. Last week was rejecting grace. And uh, anybody catch the midweek moment this week? Raise your hand if you saw that online. Um, some of you did. I would encourage you guys to subscribe to our Grace Capital Church Facebook page. I share some things that I don't always share on Sunday. Like, in other words, I have a certain time limit if I'm going to get you out of here on time. There's sometimes I have some more things to add, and if I, I'm kind of leveraging that midweek moment as an opportunity to add some things. So definitely go back onto the um, if you are a Facebook person, and that is not a vice for you, I'm not telling you to go back to something that you're like, man, I just get consumed by social media, stay away from it if that's you. But if you don't, check out the Grace Capital Church Facebook page. Well, and today though, today we're going to talk about giving grace. Really, it's the grace to forgive. Grace to forgive, giving grace. Um, if you turn with me to Luke chapter 23, Luke chapter 23, for a moment. Now, in, if you're following kind of our, our religious while you're turning there, Luke 23, if you, if you take notes, this would be time to write that down because you're like, man, I can't remember. He just said Luke 23, and then two minutes later, it's like as you're flipping through the pages, like, what did he say? Oh, man, I can't find it now. Luke 23, write it down ahead of time, and then you can go back there. Luke 23, 34. But if you're following the religious calendar and following kind of the events leading up to Easter, this today would be considered Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. It's a time where Jesus uh, would be considered the triumphal entry. If we recount the story of what took place uh, when Jesus was alive here on earth, we know that Jesus asked 
to get this colt, borrow a colt, uh, a donkey, and, and um, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on this donkey, and people were laying down their, their coats and palm branches, cutting off, screwing up trees, cutting down palm branches, and putting them on the ground and waving the palm branches, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they were singing and praising Jesus because they, they began to identify him as thinking that he was going to be the savior of, of the Roman occupation and really deliver them. But only just days later, after this triumphal entry into the city, do we find a place where Jesus is beaten, where he's spat at, he's mocked, he gets dragged in front of rulers. Then the crowd gets stirred up and, and all of a sudden people start yelling, crucify him. And then they release Barabbas who probably should have been crucified, but yet God had a plan. In the midst of his whipping and his blood and his clothes being torn from him and actually probably hanging naked because it was... Crucifixion was the most shameful way to die as well, as well as being painful. Jesus says these words in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. Father, talking to his Father in heaven, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them! In the midst of being crucified and after he's being mistreated, misrepresented, he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Could you do that? Could you forgive the people that would just kind of run you through the ringer like that, actually crucify you? Well, maybe let's not go that extreme because last time I checked, nobody been, has been dragged off to be crucified here yet. I, I haven't seen it in the U.S. I, don't, I haven't seen that recently. But have you, has somebody said something to you that this really bothered you? Has somebody treated you in a way that maybe you feel they didn't treat you well? Maybe you didn't do anything, but somebody's really offended by you. It happens to me sometimes. I, I just exist. I live, and then all, somebody comes up to me and is like, Mark, I can't believe you did. Da, 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 da. I was like, I am so sorry. I had no clue that you even thought that way. I, was, I wasn't even thinking. It's funny, uh, Jesse was telling me a story. I was kind of going over Jesse's office is next to mine. Actually, Audra and Jesse share an office. And, and sometimes I, I check out my message ahead of time with somebody in the office. And I said, so, you know, I'm going to be talking about forgiveness and, and how sometimes people can really actually have a problem with you and yet you've done nothing. And she goes, tell me about it. I got a story for you. And so she tells me this story about how she's getting married. You knew that Jesse's getting married, right? Jesse... Where's Doug? Doug's around here somewhere. She's getting married to a handsome young man, uh, Mr. Doug Locker. And, and she's getting married the same day as her sister's friend. Now, Jesse doesn't know her sister's friend, but her sister's friend is so mad at Jesse 
Because, after all, can you believe that Jesse's having a wedding the same day as her sister's friend? And can you believe that somehow this girl, Jesse's friend, found out that her colors are the same colors as Jesse's? And I can't, the world is crumbling. And can you believe it? I am so mad at Jesse. Who does she think she is? And Jesse's like, I don't know the girl. <laughs> right? You have some people who just like get so worked up. And yet, you know, you're the, you're the recipient of, of that. And that wouldn't be an easy one to say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know that they're being crazy right now. <laughs> right? So, but it is harder when people have wronged you. It's harder when, you know, you think they should know better. Especially those things that have happened as a kid in your life when you felt like somebody crossed a line on you that they should know better. Why did they do that? Forgiveness. Jesus had the grace to forgive in that moment where he is being crucified. And there must be something about this idea of forgiveness. I wonder if God knew the way he designed us and, and knew what happens when we have unforgiveness in our heart, when we start to harbor things in our heart. And he's saying that, that I'm teaching you to understand that even though the trials are severe, although that you have been misrepresented, misaccused, even though that people have done horrible things to you that you don't deserve, He's saying, I still want you to live a life of forgiveness. You see, well, you know what? Instead of me just telling you about it, why don't I have Audra share a story on forgiveness? Could you welcome my wife, Audra, up here? Audra, share a story of forgiveness. Sure. Well, I, I have plenty, folks. <laughs> it's not just one. Not, I... not stories about me no, that yeah. you've had to forgive me. Lots. But... No. Okay. <laughs> no. Anyway, for those of you just briefly um, who don't know my story, I am from a divorced home. My parents divorced when I was about six. And my parents, uh, my mom remarried when I was about nine. And some of you know my mom and, and stepdad, Dave, who come here to the church. Uh, so... That was hard. That was a trial. That was challenging. And then I was saved at about 12. And so I, I shared my salvation with my real dad. And of course, rejection, 101 right there. That was a bust. And then uh, just various things through growing up with my dad. He was an alcoholic, a, die, a diehard alcoholic. And uh, so, of course, what does that mean? No shows for maybe games that I had because I was an athlete, didn't show up to any of my games. So all these things are kind of going in and going down. I had rejection. I had, he doesn't love me. He doesn't even come to my games. I'd have banquets that I'd, and of course you have to decide who do I invite, you know, my mom or my dad or, so sometimes I would invite him to the banquet uh, for sports or whatever, no show. And so all through my life, these things were just kind of going in there. And, you know, I, I still had a relationship with them. I didn't feel angry. 
I didn't, uh, you know, lash out at him, nothing like that. But over time, all these things were kind of being planted in my heart. Lots of hurts. I kept kind of stuffing them down. And then I knew there was something there. Mark and I got married. And um, one day we had a message on forgiveness. We were at an Assembly of God church. And the pastor talking about forgiveness. And I was like, oh, you know, I, I forgive people. I forgive my dad. You know, I didn't, I didn't have any I love yous growing up. Nothing like that. Not affectionate. And uh, felt something stirring. And uh, the pastor came by and he said, Audra, what about your dad? And I was like, ooh, what about my dad? <laughs> so I started crying, of course. The floodgates opened. I realized there's something there. There's something going on that I got to deal with. And so I said, yeah, I, I forgive my dad. He goes, no, you need to verbally speak it out. Your dad's not here. You don't live near your dad. You need to say the words, and you need to claim it. So I spoke the words. I cried. I sobbed. I said, Dad, I forgive you for X, Y, and Z. Things that came to my mind I had totally blocked out, forgotten about, not thought about. They kept coming up, and God said, no, I want to heal that area. No, I want to heal that one too. No, I want to heal that one. So as soon as I spoke those words, my relationship changed with my dad. And what God showed me was, he showed me my dad's life. And he showed me he was an orphan. His mom and dad died when he was five. He was adopted. He was taken from California to New Hampshire by his aunt and uncle who didn't show a lot of affection, but they, were, they provided a home for him. They took care of him. That's all my dad was capable of knowing. He didn't know anything else outside of Jesus Christ, who can change our heart and teach us how to be parents and not how we were brought up. He can, and he can teach us that. But outside of Christ, that's all he knew. That's all, he didn't know how to love me. He didn't know how to care for me. He didn't know how to be a granddad to my kids. Nothing. He didn't know any of that. But God said, you just have to love him, Audra. You just have to love him, and you just have to forgive him. Because I love him. You know, God loved my dad more than I did. And so I was released. I was released from all that stuff that had been building up and building up. Even though it didn't show in my life, it was still there. But that moment I spoke it, I realized I've been set free. And I, that's what I realized forgiveness was when Mark asked me to share. I was like, forgiveness is almost a gift like to ourself. Because we're set free. We're set free from all that stuff. You don't have to walk in that. You have to walk in freedom. So, I mean, did I have an you know, amazing lovey-dovey relationship with my dad? No, I didn't. But I understood what his way of love for me was. He'd bring me tomatoes. He'd bring me deer meat. I mean, <laughs> so I, I looked at it. This is my dad showing me. Audra, I love you. That was his way of demonstrating it. And God showed me, that's okay. It's totally fine. That was all he was capable of. Mm. But I was released. Yeah. And the thing is, not to wait. Not now, that's the wait. other thing God spoke to me is, you know, I was in my 20s, but I'm so grateful and thankful because my dad has since uh, passed away. He died six years ago. Just many complications of alcoholism and various things. But I felt so free, like, you know, I released that so long ago. Nothing was dredged off. Nothing was still there. It was like I had forgiven him. It was done. Thanks, Audra, for sharing that story. I appreciate you and your journey. 
Well, you know, it is true. Um, this kind of picture came to mind um, even before I knew what Otter was going to share about really forgiveness is setting us free. But the picture came to my mind is, is so many times when we hold bitterness or resentment or anger, it's almost like we take this attitude, I'll show you and I'm not going to forgive you. You don't deserve it. As if like we're like, I'm entrapping you. I'm showing you. And the reality is when you learn to forgive and you open up that door to that cage, picture like a bird cage and, and you kind of feel like you've entrapped that person inside that little bird cage or whatever. And, and, and yet you open it up and the bird flies out thinking that you just released the other person through forgiveness. But then you realize actually who's been in the cage the whole time. It's been you. They're off living their life. And it's not to make, it's not to like, you know, release them in the sense of, you know, they don't have an accountability or anything, but you realize that forgiveness is really about keeping you free. Interesting thing about this subject in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus addresses this to his disciples And this is an interesting thing here in Matthew 18, verse 22. And this is really a parable of the unforgiving servant. And Peter came up to Jesus and he said, well, how many times will my brother sin against me and I have to forgive him? As many as seven times, Peter asked. Like, okay, seven. As seven times, I don't need to keep doing it, right? And Jesus goes, actually... I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times, or seven times seven. This, this, re, this keep good doing it, keep doing it, keep forgiving. And, and why does Jesus say that? Then he goes on to do this parable. And, and I, I'm not going to read this parable completely right now. I really do want you to read this sometime this week and really ask the Lord about this subject of forgiveness in Matthew chapter 18, you can write that down, take notes on your phone, someplace that you want to reread this. Because it's, he's talking about there in the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with a servant, is how it starts. So the kingdom of God. You know we're to live in the kingdom of God here and now. We're living in the kingdom of the world, but we should always be looking, because that's tangible, but we should be living in the kingdom of God, which is the supernatural life, which is a spiritual life. And he says, the kingdom of God is like this. And whenever Jesus starts going by this, he, pay attention, because he's saying, this is how you're to live. So he's going on and saying, this king was settling accounts, and this one guy, he owed a big debt, and the king is saying, you know what? you didn't pay your debt. I'm going to have to sell you into slavery to pay your debt. Um, and, and the guy goes, so no, Lord, have pity on me. The master, have pity on me. King, have pity on me. And the king has pity on him and forgives him. And then the guy goes back out. The guy who's been forgiven goes out and finds somebody who owes him money. And he, the Bible says he strangles him and says, you better pay. Because you owe me money. The end of this parable, the king finds out about this and he goes and finds this guy and he says, you know what? I, I, I was so quick to forgive you. 
and yet you're still holding unforgiveness to somebody else. I'm putting you in prison until your debt is paid. See, that's what the other guy did to him. It's almost like as you do to others is what happens to you. And then this is what Jesus says at the end, and it could, should shake us a little bit. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. In other words, he's saying, in essence, if you don't forgive, God's not going to forgive you. Now, it, sometimes we hear this, and by the way, this is not the only place that the scripture says that. Actually, in Matthew chapter 6, it actually talks about this as well. Right after the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, verse 13, actually verse 14, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will the Father forgive your trespasses. I know we want to say I agree, but that's, that, that seems harsh. And I wonder in the scripture if there really has more to do with, sometimes we read that and we feel like, oh, there's God up there saying, I'm not going to give you because you didn't. And I wonder if it's more like, you know what? We can't receive forgiveness if we're holding unforgiveness. Think about that for a moment. Can we really receive forgiveness if we're holding unforgiveness? Bitterness in our heart. You know, I, I really do believe that we need to watch our hearts closely. The Bible says, from our heart is the wellspring of life. There's another one that says, God has set eternity in the hearts of humanity. That's Ecclesiastes 3.11. God has set eternity in the hearts of humanity. There's something that takes place in our heart that we can receive forgiveness, but it can also give forgiveness. I know for me, I've just realized that I don't like the feeling when I start holding something, or if I start feeling, I, I call it the little IV drip. It's like, all of a sudden I feel it drip, drip into my heart, and I know at that point in time that I'm holding something, and I just need to let it go. So parents, you're not going to be happy with me. I'm going to I'm going to read I'm going to dig something up for you. Your kids might like it. But anyway, so what takes place? I've learned when I start feeling the drip drip drip, I I start having to sing well, maybe she does it better. So watch this. Just let it go. Just let it go. You know. Put it behind you. Oh, yeah. Just got to let it go. Okay, there we go. I just had to bring it up for you guys. But, but that's it. I, it's kind of corny, 
But I do this. I feel myself when the drip, drip, drip starts happening in my heart, I do sing that song, Let It Go. Let it go, let it go. Well, you know, that's why I'm not on the worship team, but anyways, just let it go. Just let it go. Because I understand the danger of unforgiveness. I realize that when we start holding a resentment in our heart, when we start holding unforgiveness, that it really entraps you. And I wonder that why Jesus was so serious about us. Well, we, it, you got to keep forgiving. You just got to keep forgetting. So the whole idea when Jesus said this, you better get good without versus telling us, you better get good at forgiving because you're going to have to do it a lot of times, right? 77 times. We're really saying, keep forgiving, keep forgiving. We do not have a guarantee that somebody's going to treat us properly. We don't have a guarantee that somebody's not going to spit on us or kick us or emotionally hurt us or say the wrong things. Or We have no guarantees. But what we can do is we can forgive. Now, what I am not saying, I want to be clear on this. If anybody is facing abuse, you just do not lie over and just say, I just need to forgive you, I just need to forgive you, without holding strong to this. Because here's the scripture in saying this, too. Oh, I can't remember where it is, but there was, I, I read it. It's in here. You got to trust me. You find it. It's in here. But it's saying, though, that we, we should, oh, I know where it is. It's, we're the one where it says, talk, if a brother has a thing against you, you know, you basically go, you, you try to make it right. In other words, if somebody has done something or if you've done something, you got to go to the person. If they don't listen to you, bring somebody else along with you. That whole idea is really talking about restoring relationship, but it's also not letting somebody get away with it. Because this is the, the danger that we could say in a forgiveness message is saying, well, you know what? My abuser, I just need to forgive him. I just need to forgive him. And meanwhile, you're staying in an abusive situation. And that is not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that you still need to learn to forgive. But the other side of that is have a conversation if there is a broken relationship. Now, I would say there's sometimes that, you know what, you don't, forgiveness, you don't even need to go to another person because the reality is they might not even know that that one little side comment that they made in joking, we had nothing to do with you, but you misheard it, and now you got really mad at that person, and that person had no clue that you're mad. So for you to go to them and say, I can't believe you did this to me 20 years ago. You wrecked my life. And I'd be like, I did what? Well, you know, at the party when you were saying, saying this, this thing about this, this fat person, and I was fat then, and he, well, I was talking about my mom who was losing weight, that's what you were saying? I thought you were talking about me. And for 20 years, I've been mad at you. And you realize that probably at that point, that's why you should have been singing, let it go. Right? If you would have just, Frozen was released earlier, 20 years ago, you could have just like, let it go, let it go. And be, whew, my heart's clean. Forgiveness. But I, but I do say that you need to understand if you, as this message is being spoken to you, you have something, somebody's coming to your mind. 
A situation's coming right now. Some of you guys are getting short of breath because your adrenaline's starting to run. It's like, oh man, is he going to be asking us for, to do something about this? Yes, because I want to see you set free. Who is that person that you need to forgive? And you know what? Maybe it's going to be a simple text. And maybe it's going to be writing a letter out and then you're going to throw the letter away and burn it or something. And maybe it is actually picking up the phone saying, you know what? You might not even know or remember, but I just wanted to let you know this situation. I forgive you. That forgiveness conversation, though, I would really encourage you to, if, if there is a relationship that needs to be restored, that's where you really need to do that face-to-face. Or like an otter situation, going and sitting down with her dad and saying, Dad, you are a disappointment to me, probably would have not done anything, and I forgive you, Dad. Dad, you, you didn't show up, you didn't do this, and I forgive you. That's nothing for the relationship, But for her to go to the Lord and say, I've released my dad and I forgive him and God gives her the compassion to love her dad for just the way he is and not expecting anything more from him. She just needed to take that to the Lord. She didn't need to go to her dad. So you're going to need some of the Holy Spirit to guide you a little bit in this. Ask the Holy Spirit, ask the Lord, what do I need to do? But you need to do something if you're holding on to unforgiveness. And as Audra said, there's no time like the present. You see, the same grace that allowed Jesus to forgive also lives in you. And he gives you the grace to forgive. I guarantee the forgiveness that you have maybe is, is not as difficult as what Jesus had to do, being crucified. But it's difficult. Every single experience of needing to offer forgiveness is difficult. And you, that's why you need his grace. Grace. We started this series on grace called, saying that grace was divine enablement, divine empowerment. He gives you the ability, divine ability. And so you're saying, I can't do it. It's too painful. (laughs) I'm not ready. I guess the question is, is, do you want to be released from the cage? I know your emotions make you feel like, I don't, I don't want to drag any of this back up. I've done a really great job of stuffing it down. Yes, you've done a really great job of making sure nobody would find the key to the lock that, that you're in the cage. But, but dream with me for a moment of what would it be like to be free outside of the cage? What would your life be? look like if you were no longer in bondage to that situation and forgiveness was the key for you to get free the same grace that allowed Jesus to forgive also lives in you giving you the grace to forgive so what do we do with this
besides all of us singing the frozen song, Let It Go. But in all seriousness, we need to let it go. If you feel like God has already stirred in your heart, that you're holding unforgiveness, and you want to be set free, can you just stand to your feet? I'm going to wait for a few moments. Stay standing to your feet. Because some of you, this is a battle for you because the enemy does not want to see you set free. If you feel the tug of war going on, that probably means that you need to be standing. So stand, don't lose the opportunity to be free. Next, what we're going to do is... Uh, there's probably some of you that have a couple people in mind, but I want you to begin to verbalize as we sing this song. I want you to verbalize. I think there, it was prophetic for Audra to say what she said about the necessity to verbalize forgiveness because it, it puts something in motion in the atmosphere when we do that is... I can't completely describe it, but I know it's right. So as we sing this song, and those who are standing, and I, I, I want to honor the people who are standing, so I want everybody, if you are not at the place that you want to ask for forgiveness, stay sitting down while we sing this song. If in the midst of this song you feel like, no, God's stirring my heart, he just brought a person to mind, uh, something to mind, then stand to your feet. And then when you feel like Here's the other part. When you feel like you've done business and released the person and you feel a release, sit down. All right. Let's sing this, uh, Pastor Richie. And I'll, I'll just kind of guide you through this as we, as we sing along as well. names. Speak out those names of forgiveness. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. He's given you the grace to forgive. Offer forgiveness, offer forgiveness. He's given you that grace. There is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes. 
Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com. 